In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is episode 46, The Lampstand. Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name is Josh. Hey. I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. We're back. We're back. We're back. (laughs) It feels like it's been a long time since we recorded. I guess it's only been a week, but we've both been crazy busy. So That's um, right. I'm just trying to keep my eyes open right now. (laughs) Yeah, you just traveled back across most of the country. Let me ask, did your, we talked about this, did your neighbor sell all of your stuff uh, at your house, or did you come back? I didn't. Yeah, all my stuff was here. Okay, yeah, including good. the trash bag that I pulled out uh, to take to the dumpster before I left. I left that on my <laughs> in the middle of my kitchen, and uh, that was still oh, there. No. And all oh, its no, smell. stinky. Um, it wasn't horrible. Like when I first opened the door to my house, horrible. But when I came around the corner to my kitchen, I was like, "Oh, what does that smell?" Um, <laughs> that was a little rough. <laughs> Yeah, especially uh, at whatever time it was, two in the morning when I finally got through the door. Oh man, good thing it was just yeah, a trash man. bag and not like something horrible that like broken pipe that had leaked all over your carpet or something. That's true. Whew. Yeah, that would suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in my laziness at two in the morning, I didn't take the the garbage out. I did put it out front. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, I'll get to it later, but that's as far as it got. Then I went straight to bed. Uh, but I don't think I slept well last night. I don't remember. I believe it. But- yeah. Um, I don't think I slept slept well for the last week. Not being in your own bed. Granted, I was sleeping in my niece's bed. Uh, she was like a, a nice little twin bed. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they're used to, you know, warmer weather. So, you know, they have the heat going in the house all the time. Uh, I live in Colorado and I want it cold. Um, so I had my windows open, but there wasn't enough like draft running through the house. So no air was really coming through this big old window I had open. Uh, so yeah, it was hot, sweaty. I was on a twin tiny bed. It had a little hint of urine smell. Um, <laughs> so there's that piece. But all the sheets are clean. I knew that. I checked. But I think it was the mattress itself. You're just like, oh, that's that's a win. Uh, just but a little it was whiff great to see family pee. and hang out. Uh, yeah, just a little good. whiff. And you only got it from time to time. At first, I was like, is right. that me? Did I pee? And like, no, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Did it I like do one that? Of those uh, yeah. that's funny yeah man and two hours time difference is a is no joke like it takes a while to just acclimate to that and then when you come right back to it that's it's brutal man it's hard well that was the problem is like i acc- acclimated there pretty well so like but wake you up at 6 30 7 o'clock yeah. Uh, yeah and then i came home and you know 5 30 this morning i was awake you know like, oh, yes no. if i did fall back asleep but i didn't have any meetings early today so i was able to sleep in a little bit but yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, man. Uh, I'm struggling here. So if the podcast sucks, um, it's really <laughs> Andrew's fault because he's going to have to carry this one. Because um, I'm so happy to sleep. Uh, I thought you were going to say, if the podcast sucks, you can blame Josh. Uh, and then you just threw it on me. No, if the podcast sucks, it's yeah, Andrew because he's had nothing blame. going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, man. I'm Easter? like, I'm. We're recording Easter. Easter was awesome. Easter. So how was your Easter? It was actually awesome. It was, uh, we had home church at our house and that ended in, which was really good. It's always really good to have a small group of people over, you know, friends and family. We watch a service together and then like pray for each other and hang out and eat some food. And it's always good. And then we did all that and then had a little Easter egg hunt for the kids, which was real fun. But then we like flipped it around and everybody that was at home church kind of left. And like 30 minutes later, a bunch of family showed up and we uh, did Easter dinner. Um, And after eating way too much food, we then did another egg hunt. So it was like, it was a fun day, man. It was really fun. Uh, My brother-in-law brought over his little, like, uh, like three month old Rottweiler puppy. um, Who's awesome. You know? Um, so I just played with the puppy a lot and then with the kids and all that, but, um, nice. yeah, dude, Your but then going into Monday, Easter comes with two eggs on egg. Hunts I know. Constantly. I know. Yeah. And she was blown away cause she started her day with like a small Easter basket that we gave her. 
that had some Easter eggs in there. Like it mainly just had like little stuff like new water bottle and rain boots and a couple things that we got her. And then um, yeah. a couple Easter eggs. And she like, she ate so much candy on Easter. It was like, it was ridiculous. Just no chance at a nap for her. And uh, she was like, just hardly hanging on by like 3 p.m., 4 p.m. when everybody had left and she did get a short nap. But overall, man, really good. Uh, but definitely started Monday a little bit tired. How about you? How was it with the family? It was great. It's good to see him. We got to do the DC thing as much as you possibly can because everything's closed. All I really wanted when I went to DC was I want a picture in front of the fence. So that was really my only goal in life was kind of get. So I did. I got a picture in front of the fence in front of the White House, which the White House is like six fences and one of them is white. So you can barely even see the White House when you're <laughs> up. In, and I tried to get in um, and I asked if I could go see Biden and uh, they said no, and I th- and you called it like I think it was the horns that I was wearing freaked them out. Uh, I think that's why I wasn't allowed. To, <laughs> yeah, I texted um, you. And I'm like, wait, did you remember to wear your horns or no? Reason, I just, but uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, <laughs> that will all. Yeah, get all you the we did the Bible yeah. Museum on Monday afternoon. Uh, Sweet. I think it was Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was pretty slick. I was Dude, I didn't know what I've to expect. Heard great was, things about it. I was rather it. impressed with it. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. the uh, Well, even just to see the old Bibles, and then it kind of takes, there's a lot of different areas or experiences, um, and they take you through, like, how the Bible was built in general um, through, like, even, like, pulling in the Dead Sea Scrolls. They have bits and pieces of that. Um, and then That's all awesome. the different versions they of the Bible. They have, like, literal all the pieces of, of Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, they do. Wow. Um, they did a lot better job with the Old Testament or what they called the Hebrew Bible um, than the New Testament. So I was a little like, come on, guys. Um, but it's a bunch of different groups. So it's not just a Christian museum. It's it's an honoring all that, that follows the sacred text. So <clears throat> even like LDS Bibles were in there. Um, but then like there is this like walkthrough experience of the old uh, of the old covenant um, where like goes to like creation and it's like all, it's not interactive, but like you're in the midst of the story. So like everything happens around you. They use a lot of video screens and lights and sounds. And uh, my uh, three-year-old niece, I was thinking of rage, three-year-old niece was with us and she wanted a part of it. <laughs> she was, she was terrified. Um, really? Which is fair. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so that was cool. And then we're like, Oh, there's a new Testament one. Let's check this out. Think it'd be the same thing, and it was just a cartoon video. And I was like, "Come on, guys! Like, here's the hope Man. of the world right here. Reveal." <laughs> uh, They're like, "Yeah, cool. we are and really like more Old Testament like, focused." Yeah, well, that's like where all the juicy stuff is, right? Like, that's right, where the right. the fun storytelling is. We don't get the same yeah. in the in the New Testament, but right. Um, no, it was a cool experience. I'm glad I went. Um, I definitely recommend it to to those who'd be interested in it. And it's open. It's one of the very few things open in DC. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. All the outside stuff's open. So like you could go see, you know, we did uh, the Lincoln Memorial and uh, the National Wall and walk by um, the Washington Cap or the Washington Monument. <clears throat> and then I got on one of those little scooter things and rented that and rode up to the White nice. House because I need a picture in front of the, the wall. Of course. Yeah. I did that. And then uh, when we went back to the Bible Museum on our way out, we drove by the Capitol um, nice. and saw that from a distance because uh, that's still all boarded up. Uh, Supreme Court. Is it really? Drove by the Supreme wow. Court. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, not as many guards. I was with my sister-in-law and she said, oh, yeah, there used to be another like an, another outer fence. And she said that was taken down. So we got closer than, than she's been able to before. And there was wow. there's only like a handful of guards you know, national guard people with the other regular guards at the like entrances kind of thing. It wasn't as many as there used to be. So it's starting to die down. Uh, my brother leaves in like a month. So like, he's not, he, you know, he's only been there during lockdown. So he hasn't been able to go through all the museums and all that kind of stuff that, that they have there, which are some pretty sweet museums. 
That's a definite bummer, especially because this is like the perfect time to go to DC because it gets so like lava hot and then freezing cold for a big oh, part yeah. of the year. So spring is like the ideal time, you know? Um, when we first got into town, we went down just so my mom could see what's the what's the tree that blooms this time of year? Like the famous uh, tree or whatever. Cherry, cherry blossoms. Yeah, right? cherry blossoms. So we went to DC to see all the cherry blossoms, which is like... It's like for all the Instagram models and influencers that like got to get their their sweet, cool looking photos in front of the pink trees. So there's a lot of that going on. Nice. <laughs> <Not> opposing, <laughs> uh, not not so my just... scene. I uh, wasn't, wasn't super into like, yeah, I got to get my Instagram photo. I don't know, man. You had some splashy cherry blossom photos. I saw I saw a few. You know, <laughs> yeah, did, you, did I send you the ones with my shirt off? Those were the best. <laughs> This just were on your backup Instagram account, right? Um, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. My secret Instagram account. <laughs> secret Instagram. I only tell my closest of friends about. It's uh, His secret Instagram is called anymore. This Jesus Life Podcast, and uh, you should go follow it. <laughs> you and, follow it. And help promote yeah, everything. photos coming soon. <laughs> There's quite a few shirtless uh, cherry blossom photos on there. Um, oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, go check it out. It's funny. Oh, oh we saw man. we saw a uh, Michael Jordan movie being filmed at the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, so sweet. I waited around there for a while to watch see Michael Jordan, uh, but he never showed up. Uh, so oh. we, I took pictures of like whatever was being recorded in that moment. Uh, I tried to get into the the shot. They had like a bunch of extras walking in the background. They all got to take off their masks. Not that I had a mask yeah. on; I was outside, but. Um, most people did. Uh, so I was going to walk in and see if I could get in the shot. Um, but uh, some work out. undercover set director caught me really fast. I didn't even realize that she was a part of it. It's like, dang it. <laughs> I just want to be <laughs> like, I just That's love all. Michael Jordan. Let me in. Yeah. Let me well, in. Dude, in I'm glad you had a good trip. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice to be in a movie just like for a half second. Like there I am. There I am. You know, yeah, just to be able Never to had that. even if yeah. I didn't get a credit, I don't need a credit. I just need to be able to point and say, that's me. In exactly. The movie. That's it. just that's enough for a for. screenshot. You're good to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. I'll just photo my shot myself in and say that I was there. Right. That's fair. Dude, we have been, we've been at it for a while in the, um, the series we've been in about all the parables and a couple, couple that I'd say just more like Jesus quotes, not necessarily parables, but we've been at it for a while, man. What is this like week 14, week 13 of these? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's gotta be somewhere around there. It's right around there. Yeah, man. So the exciting thing is that, uh, well, I don't know. I don't want to say exciting. I guess we've decided this is our last one we're doing in this series. Um, and we're going to take at least one week and just like breathe out and then come back with a series all about, uh, we think it's going to be all about freedom in Christ um, and likely focused on Galatians. Um, but before that, we have... We have a podcast to do, and it's not just about cherry blossoms and Josh doing Instagram poses naked, uh, <laughs> not naked, uh, shirtless. Yeah, naked from the waist up. <laughs> uh, I should remove that. Well, in all reality, uh, I could have been naked from the waist down. My photos don't show that part, so. Um, you never I know. Feel, I feel like the DC police would have something to say about it, but. Yeah. They didn't say yeah. anything. I mean. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. So we're in, uh, we're in city on a hill. Uh, we're talking about that, the lampstand this week. And, uh, I don't know. Do you have any like pre thoughts you want to give before I give my like little summary story of what we're talking about? Pre thoughts. Uh, or just, I guess thoughts, uh, intro thoughts. Sweet verses, exciting verses. <laughs> Some of the best. Oh, yeah. For you. Some of the best. The best verses ever. <laughs> they are amazing. They are amazing verses. All right. So today we're we're doing this from Matthew uh, chapter five. And um, go and read it. Uh, it's short. Verses 13 through 16. I'm not going to do an exact reading of them, be- of them because we really want you, uh, the listener, to go and check it out and spend some time with the Lord when you do. 
um, go and read these and and ask God, hey, do you want to say anything to me through these? Do you want to teach me anything or remind me of anything? Spend some time with this. Spend some time with it and uh, see what comes of that. But here's my kind of summation of of this idea of salt and light. Um, so Jesus said, you all are the salt of the world, the salt of the earth. And um, if the salt loses its salty flavor, it's really not good for anything because we can't make salt that's lost its saltiness salty again. Uh, the only thing we do with it is throw it out and let it be trampled on. Uh, you're also like the light of the world. You're like a town, a town built on a hill or on a mountain uh, that really cannot be hidden. When the lights are on in the evening, everybody can see it. Uh, people don't light a lamp and put that lamp under a basket. They use the light to light the house and to light their way. In the same way, you need to shine your light before other people, that they could see your good deeds and that they could glorify your father in heaven. That's my that's my quick version, which I think is about three times as long as the actual verses. <laughs> I can never I can never make it shorter, man. I always think I always think this is the time where I'm given the short version and then I have to explain way more. So you're welcome. You should go read it. It's a lot shorter than what I actually just said. Nice. Yeah, man. What are your I've thoughts? Always, Salt and light. I think the imagery here is 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 remarkable, for lack of a better term. Um, but like this idea that we're a city on a hill, um, that we're this beacon of of hope and light is in you know he's he's not talking to Christians. He's talking about what will be in the new kingdom. Um, so we can still apply to ourselves as Christians because we are the representation of the new kingdom. Um, that we get to be this hope or this, this beacon of hope uh, to a dark world and in a hopeless world um, that's just struggling to make it and survive um, because circumstances throws them from wave to wave. Um, and we get to be this people that comes in and, and lives life in a different way, lives life full of hope, lives life in deep relationship with Jesus, lives life being sanctified or, or changed um, by Christ to be who he's called us to be, you know, a more loving people, um, not only loving of um, ourselves, but more loving of, of God and more loving of others. Um, I just think the imagery is, is pretty remarkable. I think it's a, it's an idea or a principle that, um, Hopefully, when you hear it as a Christian, you kind of it kind of lights that lamp or that fire under your own butt of like, oh, this is who I get to be, and um, this is the life that I get to live in in community with others as we we live as a city or a town, you know, uh, for all to all to see. Um, and then there's a pressure piece to it too, right? Like you're like, oh shoot, like I don't want to be seen. I want my faith to be yeah. um, private. I want it to be. Um, you know, not out for everyone to see, because if it's out for everyone to see, it can be critiqued. Um, and so there's that pressure too, of like, man, am I really living with hope? Am I really with living with the joy of the gospel, um, in my everyday life? Or am I having to, you know, decide to turn it on, um, from time to time so I could be that example, but it's not my natural, natural position or my natural state. Um, so there's that pressure too, that I think exists inside of it. Um, but the imagery in itself, like, man, I want to, I want to be that kind of people. Like I want to be a part of a community that lives with, you know, uh, a light on a stand or, or the city on the hill or um, we're the salt uh, of the earth um, just to bring hope and joy um, to those that we come in contact with and freedom found in the gospel and restoration of relationship with God uh, through the gospel um, and Jesus' sacrifice. Like that's, yeah, I want to be that. I want to be that person. I'll be a part of a group of people that do those things. Um, so that, that gives excitement. I think it's just remarkable imagery. I agree. I agree. It is remarkable imagery. Um, the, the flip side, the interesting part is, you know, it says you're the salt of the earth, but if, a, if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? You're the light of the world. A town built on Hill cannot be hidden. 
and you shouldn't put a lamp under a basket, you know, shouldn't hide the light of the lamp. So I guess my question for you is why would immediately Jesus start talking about, Hey, you're salt, you're light. Don't lose your saltiness. Don't let your light be hidden uh, or don't hide your light. You know, um, I don't know. Why would he start talking about that? Because to me, it is it is hope filled uh, to be salty and to influence not just like salty, a bad attitude, but to influence everything around you like salt does when it's mixed into bread or water or whatever else, you know, or like um, it brings out the flavor, right? Like that's what salt yeah. is designed to do. Not only is yeah. it a preserving tool to preserve something, but it's also to yeah. bring out the fullness of the flavor of that item. Mm hmm. It enhances everything. Yeah. It makes it more, more full and more intense. Well, because, uh, and I think what Jesus is pointing out here, like if you don't live this way, like, yeah, you're, what are you living for then? Like then at that yeah. point you're living just to survive or you're living to just get, to get through the day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're living to let food just be, you know, mundane and normal and not full of life, not life giving, not, not exciting. Like nobody wants to live that kind of life. Um, right. <laughs> right. So I think that's the point he's getting into. And you know, the reality is, yeah, those people are just thrown out. And I don't think this is salvation thrown. Out. I don't think this is referring to things referring to from a society standpoint. Yeah. No one's going to follow those people. Like I'm not going to mm. follow someone that like doesn't find the joy and excitement in life. I'm not going to follow someone that, that isn't looking for, for the good and what God is doing, even in the midst of bad circumstances. Like, no, I don't want to follow those kind of people. I want to follow people that, that love Jesus wholeheartedly. And it's just oozing out of them. Um, I want to be around those kind of people that are, are walking with Christ and Christ is walking with them and they're being shifted and changed into uh, this new creation that they already are. Uh, yeah. Like I want to be around those kind of people because you know, the other people, like, you know, the people that have lost their saltiness, right? You know, the people that yeah. like, yeah. sure, they have this, this, li- this light, which is the gospel and they've, they've placed it under their bed. And like, we know that like, those aren't fun lives. I don't want to be around those people half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, you know, I've, my life there that way and anytime around i'm like this is so draining like i don't want to be around this and even when you're in those in those places and positions um mm-hmm. or postures you you're you know you're being draining and you just feel more drained because you're just not finding the fullness of life that's found in christ and the gospel um and embracing that life we're stuck in this like um just mundane every day nothing's fun or exciting I'm just existing. Uh, and I'm just I don't know about here. you, but I don't want to be someone that's just existing. That doesn't yeah. sound fun to me. Yeah, man. Um, we joke, my wife and I have joked many times that like with kids, with young kids that are the ages of ours, like a couple months old and two and a half years old, um, sometimes it feels like you're just existing or just getting through the day. Cause you're like, yeah. I don't know, is it daytime or is it nighttime? Like I'm tired all the time. Coffee doesn't work anymore. I'm changing a diaper every hour or two hours. Like what is this? You know? And, and there are days where it just feels like you're just getting through, but then there are also awesome days. It's, it's not all bland and it's not all bad by any means. Yeah. Um, but my wife jokes, like, I don't know, there's night and then there's day. <laughs> like, that's sometimes it feels like that, but nobody wants to stay there and nobody wants to, nobody is inspired by that, you know, um, not by the parenting analogy, but just the planned like life where it's like, there just feels like there's nothing going on. There's nothing, um, interesting. I'm just like plain oatmeal. You know, my life is like plain oatmeal. It's going to be healthy for you and it's going to fill you up. It's not going to taste good. It's not going to be satisfying, uh, but at least there's no risk in plain oatmeal. You can eat it three times a day and you'll probably be fine for quite a while. You know um, what well, I think too, like when yeah. we find ourselves in those default positions, like that's where we, that's where we end up. So like, that's what we default back to is plain oatmeal. You know, it's day and then it's night and it's day again. Yeah. Um, if we're not intentional about living this life full of joy that, that we find in Christ, so like if we're not intentional of um, cutting time out as difficult as it is to cut time out or being intentional with the time that we do have um, to point it back towards, to point my own heart back towards Christ, um, 
yeah, you can so easily find yourself in. And then weeks go by and then months go by. And this is probably true for a lot of people going through quarantine. Um, and then, you know, a year has gone by and you're like, man, what did I do with my life in the last year? How did I get yeah. here? And it's just because yeah. we just weren't intentional to, to live full of hope. We weren't, And that's a posture that you take, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. – it's not like I wake up every morning like, yeah, I feel um, I'm so hopeful. I got so much joy and excitement. No, I'm I woke up this morning like today. I want my pillow for the rest of the day. I don't want to do anything today. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you could live in that, and then one day becomes two, and it just snowballs. Um, but when we're intentional about it, of like, oh, what what can I accomplish today for for my relationship with Jesus? What do I need to be doing um, to be reminded of certain things? You know, we're just coming out of Passion Week and. Um, the um, Jesus sacrifice on the cross and his triumphant return. So like, how are we reflecting on those stories and how does that change our perspective on even the mundane things, even the hard things? You know, I just, you know, I don't have kids, but just spent a week with, you know, five kids from the ages of 10 to yeah one, uh, all screaming and they're loud and obnoxious um, and fighting constantly. Uh, so there's that piece of like, Oh, do I want to just like, Am I just going to embrace this and just like live in the uck of it all? Or like, am I going to live above it and just enjoy what we can enjoy when we can? Um, and, you know, even in the rest of the moments, don't look at it as a chore or a burden. I'm just looking at it. It's the next challenge that, we're, you know, we're set to conquer. And if I walk with Jesus, he's more than capable of helping me conquer those challenges um, of what to say and when, you know, and what not to say. I learned over this last week, especially with children, is you got to pick your battles, right? Like, mm-hmm. Not every yeah. battle is worth fighting. Um, right. Not every battle is worth even speaking into. Some battles you just let be, and that's yep. okay because mm-hmm. you know your sanity matters. <laughs> yeah, if, you can't you know, just fight you all the time. You about- the crap out of yourself. Yeah, you got to be yeah. fighting every battle, and it's just not worth uh-huh. it. Now there are important battles you should fight, um, but in general. You got to pick them. You got to pick them because you only got so much energy in a day. And you just <laughs> waste all that energy before 10 a.m. What are you going to do the rest of the day? You got yeah. to space it out. And it's just no fun to constantly be saying, no, don't stop. Get away. Blah, blah. Like, it's just nobody wants that. Nobody wants that at all. Man, how do you think we're doing right now? Uh, I say we, general Christians in the USA. How are we doing at being salt and light? And I don't know. I Do you think good, bad? Do you think we can do better? Like, what do we need to do better? Because I know we got room for improvement. Yeah, I, I think there's pockets of Christian community that's full of hope that are, you know, completely focused on being life-giving um, rather than life-sucking. Uh, but you know, there's still plenty of churches out there in communities of Christians that are all about the life sucking piece. Um, and I, I can see how you get there. Like when you start to live workspace faith, meaning like, yeah, I'm, I'm saved. My, my eternity is secured because, you know, I'm Jesus's and I recognized uh, the need of repentance and turn my life back towards Christ. Um, but then it's all up to me moving forward. Like, yeah, that's an exhausting life. Like if it's all about me just sinning less, um, like that's not the life that Jesus called us to. Um, you know, sin in our life is has an effect. It's just still destructive, whether you know Jesus or don't know Jesus. Um, but it's not our job to conquer sin in our life. It's Christ's job to do that because He has the power to do that. Um, and it's our job to focus in our relationship with Christ and let Him mold and shape us to be able to conquer those sins with Him. Um, but the end of the goal isn't sinning less, the end goal is to be a deeper relationship with Jesus. Um, and I think we miss that a lot of times. And I think that's where people really start to struggle. Um, when they lose focus of the Christian life is about being in deeper relationship with Jesus. And when I say that, like there's multiple facets to that. Um, the biggest facet to that is, are we living out the great commission as Jesus commanded us to or not? Like that's the end goal. Like that's the success or not success when you get to the end of, the, of, of your life. Were you successful living, you know, the life that Jesus gave you? Well, how well did you live out the Great Commission individually um, would be the measure of, of uh, would be the goal to be measured against. Um, 
But in the midst of that, like I can't do that well unless I'm in relationship with Jesus. That's how Jesus ends the Great Commission, right? Like he says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Like Jesus went to the cross to rest to restore and reconcile relationship. So why wouldn't we want to, you know, dig into relationship with Christ and have the hard conversations, have the great conversations and let Jesus speak into just who we are and what we're doing, uh, and then walk with him in the midst of all that. I think when we get into that place where we're not being the light, we're not being the city on the hill, um, is the place and we've taken the reins back for ourselves. Um, we've taken the control back on our on our own. And that's yeah. the majority of Christians because it's easier to teach that, right? Like as a church, you know, it's easier to teach that, um, you know, all the all the do's and don'ts of Christianity um, because they're practical. They make sense. They're very tangible. I can point to you're living in sin. You're not living in sin. Um, But the relationship with Jesus is a little bit more organic in nature. Now there's practical things and tangible things we can do to foster relationship. Um, But then those in and of themselves don't necessarily dictate whether or not relationships being fostered, right? Like I can fast every you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of every week, because I think that's the thing that's going to foster relationship. I can read my Bible every day and I can make sure I pray at every meal. So I'm praying three times a day, but no relationship could be fostered in the, in the doing of those acts. That's why our aim has to be relationship has to be, this is what Jesus went to the cross for is to restore this relationship with God, our creator. I mean, am I fostering that relationship? Am I chasing after God through those things and not just doing those things because good Christians do those things. Right. Man, I, as I was and first of all, if you're fasting that often and only praying at meals, your prayer life's going to take a real hit, bro. You got to watch out for that. Um, you got to, you got to figure that out. You cut your prayer life in half right there. Um, but, uh, no, that's a dumb joke. But um, man, I was just thinking, I don't know, as you were talking about the imagery, when we first started into the pair, this kind of analogy of salt and light. Um, I like the imagery of being a city on a hill. It just keeps coming to mind of like a city who got, started off strong and then, and built up this beautiful city on top of the hill. And then like wanted the, the people for whatever reason just started saying, well, we just don't want to attract, uh, so much attention at night. We don't want to attract so many bugs. We don't want to, we don't really want people just passing by on the road to like easily see us. We don't, we don't want the tribe to come and raid us that can see us at night, whatever context you want to put around that. So they just like, you don't want one by one. They started like like, be a part of your city. Yeah. Like, yeah, we just, they can come in the daytime, but we don't want them to come at night, you know? Um, And you just slowly like one light gets boarded up and another light gets boarded up and then they just pull some candles out of the other one. You know, I'm thinking old timey, not electric lights. Um, But, you know, they basically just take like the wicks out and, and then board up this one and that one. And Oh, this is really close to the wall. So we can leave that on. You can't even see it on the other side. And eventually like the whole town is just like bleak at night, you know, it's like, there's no, nobody wants to live in that town. So maybe they start moving out. And uh, they start going to their own homes far away from that city that was once great and was once loved and was once um, welcoming, you know, and they just start having their own kind of personal like, no, no, we'll just we'll have our own house. We don't want to be in that city anymore. We don't want to be with those people anymore. Uh, Getting out of analogy and into reality, we don't want to be at that church anymore. We don't want to be with those people anymore. We don't want to be identified as that tribe anymore because, you know, this thing just happened at another church and another university and another politician. And, you know, it makes all of Christianity look bad. And, um, you know, I feel like we slowly, maybe that's one way to apply this is that we just slowly start distancing ourselves as Christian from all things that are Christian or recognizable Mm -hmm. of following God and then slowly the potency of our light is gone. You know, it's uh, now we like, yeah, we're salt, but we don't want to influence that much. We don't want to enhance that much flavor. We don't want to be, we don't want to be abrasive when you take a sip. Like if you take a sip of the ocean water, we don't want to 
like make you pucker. You know, we just want to like let you know we're there a little. Oh, we could we'll knock it down a little bit more. We'll knock it down a little more. Let me turn that light off for you. Let me step one step further. Let me make you more comfortable to some point where people look at the lives of Christians, people that that call themselves Christians and say, you're no different than me. Why, why are you saying you're, I guess I'm a Christian too. You know, it's like we sterilized the relationship with the Lord. We, we took away all personal connection and we slowly diminished it so that our salt and our light wouldn't affect anybody else. And in the meantime, the thing maybe we didn't realize when that happened was that salt that's not salty is only good for throwing down the drain or uh, tossing out the window, you know, let it be trampled on. That's, that's better than keeping it in the cabinet and light that lights that don't light up at night and don't work to, to fight against the dark um, or at least help us see why have them, you know, donate them to Goodwill, get rid of them. Um, Nobody wants that. So I don't know, man. I just, I, I think that slowly, maybe for reasons that are more convenient for us in the moment, or maybe we think are easier for those around us, we might take a step back from aspects of our faith slowly over time and say, I don't want to make Josh uncomfortable. I'm not going to, I don't know. I'm not going to pray at this meal, even though it's, it's just a small thing, but I'm not going to pray because I don't want to make him uncomfortable, you know? Even though it's my home and this is what we do every night, I'm I'm not going to do that. You know, I don't want to be abrasive. I don't want to be salty. I don't want to be a light that's flicked on. And maybe over time, we just become not that useful. Yeah, I, I think we're we're on this like slippery slope here. Um, yes, because you can get in this place where like, well, I just have to do all of these things so people know that I'm Christians. So I just have to pray or I have to tell stories, whatever happens to me. And those should just come as an overflow of what God is already doing. So if you're in deep relationship with Christ and you're deepening relationship with Christ and you're walking through that and you're having conversations with Christ and he's shaping different things and he's, you know, calling you to go certain directions rather than other directions or, um, you know, you're living in um, a waiting period, whatever happens to be. Even in the midst of those things, like, um, yeah, we want those things to be on display of our lives because then people get to get a glimpse of, of the Jesus life. Um, but we don't want them to be in display of our life in a way that we're manufacturing something that isn't really true. You know what I mean right. Like, yeah. Yeah. If it isn't an overflow of my relationship with Christ and I'm just doing all of these things. Um, and I think this is where Christians get themselves in trouble. You're not offering them anything. Right. True. You're offering True. these people just you living a moral life and this is what Christians do. So here's here's this, you know, in parentheses, Christian life. That, but it, there's no Jesus a part of it. And if there's no Jesus a part of it, there's no point in it. So you're offering him emptiness. You're offering him nothing. Um, but when it's an overflow of my relationship with Christ and in the overflow, yeah, I want people to experience Jesus. I want them to experience what I've experienced. Like this is what. I, yeah. Yeah. I love you and I love you enough because I want you to feel what I feel in relationship with Jesus. I want you to have the peace in the midst of turmoil. I want you to have you know joy and hope even when, when things are falling apart around you. I, I want you to have a firm foundation, a strong place to always go back to no matter what's going on in life, whether it's you know famine or feast. Um, yeah, I don't want you to have to, you know, be swayed by your emotions day in and day out. Your insecurities have full control of your decision-making and how you look at this life. I, I want you to experience those things. I want you to experience what real freedom feels like. Um, and when we've come from that perspective, then yeah, that's attractive. And not only is it attractive, um, it, it isn't going to come back void. Um, when people start to really dig into that and you're able to talk about your life with Jesus and, and what it's like and, and point things back to how God is at work in, in different things um, in your life, then you're not, you're not giving them a, you know, a, a bill of goods, an empty bill of goods at that. Like you're going to give them something that's going to come back and they're going to be blown away by what a relationship with Jesus is really like. So like when we live in that place of like, um, it's a full, it's out of the fullness of what God's doing in me and that's how it's coming out of me. Everything's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when we're trying to manufacture something that we're not even experiencing, what are you trying to sell? 
Like now you're like the, mm. the dudes on, you know, infomercial TV late at night. Like you're just, you're just trying to convince them and play to their emotions to get them to do something that you want them right. to do. But in all reality, you're giving them nothing. You're giving them an empty box. Uh, right. Jesus is much more precious and more greater than that. No, so I think it comes from that, that fostering. So it's not necessarily our, though there's a part of our action, there is a piece of, of being this light or being the sea on the hill that you're going to have this tension of, I don't want to release this in this moment, or I don't want to share this piece of my life mm-hmm. in this moment. Um, and sometimes that's okay. You know, we see with Jesus's ministry, there's times that he specifically commanded them. Don't tell them what I did. Don't tell them who mm-hmm. I am. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not saying that's always the case. If Jesus is telling you that's the case in the moment, then then walk with Jesus in that. But um, in most cases, it's, hey, share what's going on. And if you're living a life in such a way, it should just be coming out naturally. A lot of it should be like, you don't even know you were doing it. People are be like, hey, you, you just always seem like life's just great. I mean, I know it can't be that great. And you're like, well, it's not great, but it's still great, right? Like it's not great in the sense of my circumstances aren't perfect. Like I'm still trying to figure out how to live paycheck to paycheck, or um, I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with just this destruction part of my life, or I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with the past that seems to keep coming back, you know, in my mind and, and I'm fighting those battles. Um, but in the midst of all that, I'm walking with Jesus. So things are great, right? There's like, like that, there's that tension and that piece of this Christian life that, um, we get to chase after. I think when we take, it, it's really pride, right? Like when we take the reins back from Jesus, we end up in these crappy places. So stop taking the reins back from Jesus Yeah, like let him lead and let him, and you just follow his lead. Um, that's when life, that, that's when real freedom comes in. Um, and I get like, there's this piece. This is what Paul's talking about. Like be a slave to Christ. Like this is what it is. And we don't want to be slaves to Christ. We want to be in control of our lives. We think freedom in Christ is I get to do whatever I want anytime I want. And to some extent, that's true um, in the extent that like your salvation is secured by what Christ did on the cross. So you could live that life, but you're not going to get to the full life that Christ promised you. The life where you're just blown away by how God uses you and the places that he takes you and the people he lets you invest in. You're never going to get to that life if you're not walking with Jesus day in and day out um, in relationship, right? Like I think too often we pull the reins back and it's like, well, if I just do all these right things. If I just read my Bible, do this, do that, I go to church, I, I make sure I pray before every meal. And, you know, I've talked about on the podcast where I don't pray before meals intentionally and on purpose. Right. I get ridiculed for it from Christians because they think they're more holier than I am. But go kiss my <laughs> butt because you're not. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But, but there's this, there's that, like, there's this thing of like, I'm just doing all the right things. And you're like, it's not about doing the right things. It's about relationship. I don't know how many times we can say it. I don't know when it's going to finally sink in, but this whole thing is about relationship. You'll be blown away by the peace that you have in crappy situations of your life when you give them to Jesus. And when I say give them to Jesus, I don't mean like, hey, Jesus, there's this thing at work going on and I just want to lay it at your feet right now. And I just pray that your spirit dwells on that and you just move in that situation for your will to be done. I'm not talking about that. That's all BS and bull crap. I'm talking about, hey, Jesus, here's what's going on at work. Um, and I know you're, you know, you can see it too, but God, here's how I feel about it. Um, here's the fears that are sneaking in. Here's the things that I'm thinking about. God, here's all the things I'm worried about in the future of what could happen if it doesn't go the way that I think it should go. Um, God, and I know that you work all things out for, for good, but I don't want the bad to come along with that good um, to get to the good. Like, I just want you to take care of all of it so I don't have to feel any pain. I can just feel great. Like, bear your soul. Let it all out. Stop carrying it. And for a lot of us, like, that's a practice we just never, we don't do with people, let alone with God. Um, like right. we just hold everything in and we're just not naturally, you know, reveal, like I'm a naturally private person. Like I don't share a lot of my life um, with a lot right. of people. And part of that is I just don't think about it one. Um, so even if you're great friends with me, there's a good chance I'm not telling you something. Cause I just, in the moment, I'm not thinking about it. So I don't tell you um, <laughs> and others it's, I'm just a private person and that's just how I function. Um, but when we live in that place of like, no, there's nothing that's off limits for God and I to talk about, whether it's ugly and disgusting and, and, you know, uh, paints me in a horrible light or it's, you know, life giving and full of hope. Um, we should be bearing all those things with Christ. Um, so our, our emotions should be shared with Jesus. 
Um, our thoughts should be shared with Jesus. Our fears, our insecurities should be shared with Jesus. We should be having those conversations. You'll be blown away when you get to that place with Christ in relationship of how much peace that you function inside of. Um, because even when you like bear it all out and then you try to take it back and Jesus is like, hey, 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 hey I got this, dude. Like, I, I got this. I don't need you to worry about this right now. There's plenty of things to worry about today. Don't need to worry about tomorrow. Let me take care of tomorrow. Um, and just sit in relationship with me now and do what I'm asking you to do now. Don't worry about step six, seven, and eight. Just worry about step one right now. Yeah. There's freedom in all that. Um, there's freedom in walking with Christ in that way. Um, there's freedom in, in just experience of like, oh yeah, I don't, I'm not in control. God's in control and I can trust that God's in control. I could just walk with him step by step. I don't have to think about the 50 other things that may be going on or not going on or the fears that are starting to to creep in. I could just mm-hmm. do what Jesus does, right? Like you know there's dreams that you know in my life that are coming to be um over the next few weeks. Um well they've been coming to be for the last year and a half, but um they'll be public in the next few weeks. Um that that are exciting um and also terrifying. Um, but there's a lot of fear inside of those things. Um, yeah. And like, well, if we don't do this right now, we're going to miss this opportunity. Um, which is probably true, but I'm also limiting God um, when you let that fear take over. So we're going to do all these things because we won't miss this opportunity. But God doesn't really want us to do those things right now. So why should we? Um, yeah. When I live in the freedom of God's in control... Um, I don't have to worry about all those things because if it's God's dream, God's dream is going to come to fruition. Um, it's not my dream. I'm just here to follow along and and do what he asked me to do along the way. Um, but it's his dream. So let him you know, bring his dream to fruition and don't get in the way of it. Um, but when I'm like, hey, God, I know this is your end goal dream. And there's things I have to do to get there. But you're not telling me to do all these things. And I feel like we're going to lose the dream. So I'm going to do all these other things to keep the dream alive. <laughs> Uh, and God's like, what did I tell you to do any of those other things? Um, and that's where we get ourselves in this, like this turmoil of like, Oh, it's so exhausting. I got Christianity is so hard to live out. How do I walk with the relationship with Jesus and do life at the same time? It's because you took control at some point along the way, um, that you're trying to do it all on your own. Stop it. Stop trying to do it all on your own. It doesn't <laughs> work for you. It's exhausting. Quit it's it. tiring. Just walk with Jesus and let Jesus do what Jesus does. Yep. Um, like that's where we, I think we get in trouble as the church. I don't know what your original, original question was, but hopefully I answered it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I had an original question. I think you're just pushing back on like the, because yeah, the last thing I wanted to do is say, you gotta, you gotta pray three times a day and fast two times a week and do, you know, I'm not trying to stack that stuff on people. I, I was just trying to think about how, how people, how salt loses its saltiness and how lights get put out. And comparing that to our real life of like what happens because relationship with the Lord is, is a real and vibrant thing and can be expressed in a way that is salty and as luminous as our friend would say, um, salty and, and luminous. But the reality is that any relationship over time, if you neglect it or stop leaning into it, it it gets a little less vibrant than it was when it started mm-hmm. or than it was mm-hmm. at its peak. Um, so I don't know. I was just trying to think through that realistically of like, what, how do we, how do we as Christians become less salty or less light? But the reality is, man, the bar is low. And when we're walking with in real relationship with the Lord, it is attractive. It is filled with light suddenly people want to be around you and learn from you and be more like you and want to be your Mm -hmm. friend and want to know how you tick Mm -hmm. and why you have hope in a season when you should feel hopeless or why you're leaning into community when if they were in your circumstances, they would want to withdraw from everybody and sulk, you know, Um, or how you're, you're building in the face of disaster, you know, it's like, because my hope doesn't come from where your hope comes from. You can have the same hope, you know, it's real and it's alive, it's salty and it's light and it, it does affect everything around it and it does make impact, yeah. but, but it's also worth it. Those are things that are worth having. Um, when it's dark, man, a light is the best thing. You know, <laughs> if you're camping in mm-hmm. the Rocky mountains in the middle of the night and you hear a weird sound in the distance or a twig snap just outside your tent, 
it's really nice to have a really bright light, you know, and when you're in difficult circumstances in life and in life and something happens, that's metaphorically the same, it's really nice to shine a light on it and to have a real relationship with the Lord to go back to, to say, no, no, this is really what I'm about. This is what I was created to do. This is why uh, I can persevere through these circumstances, you know, and, and thrive through any circumstances. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's important to have light and it's important to have salt. Um, this life's too hard to eat bland food, you know. <laughs> like uh, I, I know some people have to eat bland food, but um, we're supposed to have salty, delicious stuff. Uh, and and just like God gives us good gifts uh, in salt and light, He gives us good gifts um, through real real relationship with Him that comes through Jesus. You know, we just celebrated Easter and man, I felt hope. I don't know about you, but I like praying, uh, standing around the table and praying to thank the Lord for our food and the time we had together on Easter. Um, I felt just filled with hope. I'm like, you know, this is real. This is, this is the, to, I don't know if it was the exact day Jesus died of, about 2000 years ago. Um, but it's, it's a real day to look back and say, this is what the Lord did, um, that he died for us and he was raised to beat death and to create a real relationship directly with God um, for us. You know, he took on the burden of sin for us. And that is salty and that's luminous in my view. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I think we too often... We too often get sidetracked, too often take control back. Um, we too often forget, you know, as you just explained, what, what Jesus really did for us and what the sacrifice that that took. And even in the midst of, you know, we watched The Passion of the Christ over the weekend. And even in the midst of um, Jesus being beaten, Jesus being um, drugged, and as he pulled the cross to... to um, um, Calvary and you know as he took the nails and so he took his last breath like even in those all those moments you know we go back to when Jesus was praying in the garden of Gethsemane that's not what he was terrified of it wasn't the physical pain it wasn't the physical um, turmoil he was about to go through um, or even it wasn't even the the disciples turning them back their backs on him and you know other than John no one else being there um, and you know Peter denying Christ and them all in hiding because they're terrified they're next. It wasn't any of that. Um, the anguish that Jesus had was the fact that his relationship with his father was about to be severed um, as he took on sin. Um, that, that was the anguish. That was the terrifying part. It just shows just how much relationship with God matters in our lives and how much it mattered to Jesus as he you know, perfectly walked with God day in and day out um, in his humanly form. Um, and spent time with Jesus, you know, getting away from the busyness of life to have relationship with God and um, how he took direction from Christ, even in the small things of life and with decisions. And um, there's just this dependence that we should have on our relationship that I think we so often miss out on. And then we end up in these places where things just aren't as impactful or potent in our lives. And then we start to take, take control back and we're going to try to do it ourselves because we don't think we're doing enough. And this is where people get into trouble. You know, I, I think for a lot, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but you know, Christians get to this place where at some point the gospel isn't enough. Mm. The gospel wasn't enough to restore relationship with Christ. So now I get to live in the fullness of that relationship. It wasn't enough. So we, we go down all these weird paths. It's, we go into the prophecy world, Mm-hmm. Um, we start, you know, seeking God out to speak into things that aren't even having to do with our lives. It has everything to do with everyone else's life. And uh, we want God to speak through us into them. And let's be honest, it's pride that's at the source of all those things. Um, or it's we go down, you know, as the early church did and the Jewish of the Jews of the day that came to know Jesus did. And we take on old covenant traditions, um, you know, just so we feel closer to God or we feel more uh acceptable to God or whatever the issue is. We just feel like we have to do more. We have to do more. 
Um, or we get you know deep into Bible knowledge and forget the relationship that exists inside of reading God's Word. And we go down all these rabbit trails and theology starts to shift and change and we just think we're smarter um, than the average bear. So we go down that. All these things that we do more for God. And God's saying, I never asked you to. I never asked you yeah. to do more. I asked yeah. you to be in relationship with me. Be in relationship with me and believe the gospel is enough. And then live out the life that I've called you to, that I they painted out here in, in you know, uh, what we call the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Like, live this life out. And that's it. That's the whole life. Um, and on the outside looking in, you're like, well, that's a lame, simple life. There's not a lot to it. It's not complex. And you're like, you're right. It's not complex. You're wrong about the lame part. Um, because when you start doing life on life with people, yeah. yeah, going back to what we were talking about earlier, being the city on hell, as you were kind of explaining the different people that we just didn't want into our city. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like people's lives are messy. Um, that's just the reality of it. So if we really live out the Great Commission and be the light to this world and dig in to people's lives. It's going to be messy, but that's where the adventure lies. Um, and then you get a front row seat of how God shifts and changes hearts um, so they can experience everything God has and then multiply that into other people. And you got to play a part in that, even if it was just a small part in that. Like, that's a huge, like, that's exciting. Like, I want to be, I want to get to the end of my life and be like, man, look at all the people that God allowed me to influence um, towards the gospel and towards Jesus and towards being a disciple mm-hmm. of Christ um, and maturing in that discipleship. And look what they did. And I got to play a role in all of those, those areas rather than getting to heaven and say, but God I did all the right things. You know, I, I even practiced old covenant, you know, festivals because that was the right thing to do. And I knew your Bible forwards and backwards. I had it all memorized. Right. And God's going to say, how did you make disciples? What did you do for my kingdom? And you're like, what are you talking about? I did all these things. And then he eventually says, you wait for me for I never knew you. Right? I like, didn't know you. Of it all. I never knew you. Yeah. Yep. You never walked yep. with me. You did everything but that. <laughs> and the crazy part is it's so easy to do in Christianity. Like It is. The, for whatever reason, people end up there all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we end up in this place of like, oh, I'm doing all these things for God. And God's like, what are you talking about? You're doing nothing for me. <laughs> You're doing all these spiritual religious things, but like, I'm still sitting here waiting for a relationship. I'm still sitting here to wait so I can speak into your life and get you on the path that I want you to go down. Um, but man, we like to take control back. We like to hold on to it ourselves and say, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get in these weird weird places so fast. So if you're listening, you're in this weird place, or if you're listening, you're not sitting, um, you're not, you don't feel like you are a light to this world, though. There's a very powerful light that lives inside of you. Um, Andrew, what do you think are things, tangible action steps that they could take today um, and start to live into being that light, being a place that's full of life, full of hope, um, giving that to others. Man, I don't know the right answer for everybody. But I know that for me, when, when, my, when my relationship with the Lord starts to slip, when it starts to be a little less bright and a little less salty than it was, the thing that is the best first step for me is to actually just have a, a, a real prayer like you were talking about earlier of like, God, this is really what's going on. Strip away all the religion from it. Have a direct conversation that's more direct than maybe any other person in your life. You you don't talk to them that directly, but have a real conversation with the Lord and pour out exactly what is going on, to, whatever your circumstance is. I had one of these in the job interview process where I was like, the gist of it was like, God, I've been through all these seasons of so much waiting. I think this job is the right one for me. Here's why this is my will. And God, please spare me from this other season and all the things that it would mean if it takes six months to find the right job. And I have to leave where I'm at now and all of that. It was just a real, and it was way more emotional than that. I was like in tears multiple times as as I was praying um, and just poured my heart out to him. Um, that's the thing that, that is a reset for me when I, when I feel like I'm starting to drift, not that when I feel like I'm starting to drift, when I look at it and say, oh yeah, I'm just cashing it in this week. I'm just punching the card, you know, like I start to feel that after a while and having a real heart to heart conversation with the Lord 
and pouring it all out to him uh, is the reset that I usually need to start to move forward and to start to move back into real relationship and back into being salty and being light and being somebody that's that's following Christ, uh, following in the way of Christ for the right reasons, not to not to look good, not to just make converts who look like me, but to live this Jesus life fully and truly um, in real relationship with the Lord. So that's what does it for me, man, is, is a hard reset. Um, from there, it usually involves some, okay, now go t- tell somebody about it, you or a couple other friends that I'm close with. Um, and then being intentional and letting real relationship fr- flow out of that place of, I just spoke to the Lord for the first time in a long time in a real way. And maybe I heard from him too. Um, and, and being intentional with that, but that's usually where it restarts and resets for me. Yeah. What about you? That's good. That's good. Um, similar to the same thing, um, mm-hmm. for a reset for me, I also fast, um, there's something about fasting that isn't spiritual and spiritual at the same time um, that kind of resets things for me. And in a lot of ways, I think it's resetting priorities, resetting what's important, getting back to the basics. Um, but even during those seasons of prayer is a huge part of fasting. Um, so it's a lot more conversations with God and digging into those things. And um, I just think, and maybe you're sitting there too, and I don't know why this is coming in my head, but we'll give, we'll just go down this rabbit trail. And if it's good for you, we'll give God the credit. If it's not, Josh is crazy. Um, yeah. But maybe you're sitting there and it's, it's insecurities that just ravage your life. Um, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking, like, I had a conversation with someone not that long ago, and I said something about my life, and they were offended um, that I didn't share that with them up until that point. Um, and even in that moment, you're just like, man, the insecurities that are winning here in your life, like that's not, that's not healthy. Like, I don't know if it's a fear of we're going to lose relationship. I don't know if it's a fear of someone's going to get greater relationship. I don't know what exactly the insecurity lies and in. maybe it's a past hurt um, where probably most insecurities come from. Um, but it's worth dealing with and digging into because it's just going to wreck relationship moving forward. Um, because nobody wants to be around super needy people relationally uh, for a long period of time. Like if there's no progress being made that, that wears on people, um, they got to have a real commitment to, to, to community as Jesus commanded us to, um, to keep the relationship. Um, but there's a ton of other things. Maybe it's fear that just grabs, grabs you. Like you're walking with Jesus, things feel great. And then a trial comes along, you don't know how it's going to end. And you just, you fall apart in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. dig with, dig into why that is and have those conversations with Christ. And if you feel like you're not getting anywhere in those conversations with Jesus, you know, find a trusted friend that loves Jesus and loves you in that order and, and share that with them. Um, so they can start walking with you in the midst of that as well. Um, if that's not working, then, you know, find a, a, a counselor that loves Jesus and loves you in that order, um, and have them start going through their tools to help you find breakthrough in those areas. Um, I think too often, we jump to counselor way too quickly uh, and we miss out. And I'm not saying I think counseling's great, um, but we miss out on relationship with Jesus. And we're just so it's the same thing of like, you know, people that go to church every week, uh, but don't have any relationship with Jesus during the week. And their entire relationship with Jesus is connected through that preacher's relationship with Jesus. Um, and that's, that's all they get. Uh, like you're just, you're missing out on yet good. Sure. Those things are good. Um, but you're missing out on so much more life if you just if you just grabbed relationship with Jesus first um, and let him speak into those areas and help you deal with those things um, before you started bring other people into the process. Now other people play a role. It's important. We live in Christian community. That, that, that matters. Um, but don't forget Jesus in the midst of this. Everything yeah. comes back to relationship with Christ. So what are you doing to foster relationship with Jesus? Uh, find the things that are working for you and do them more often. Um, try different things and see if they help foster relationship with Christ better. But don't forget mm-hmm. the aim. The aim is relationship with Jesus, not doing more religious things for God. Sure, all good things, but if you have the wrong aim, you end up in the wrong place. So your aim should be fostering deeper relationship with Jesus. Do things that do that, um, and you're going to be you're going to be a much better place. I would argue, even just two weeks from now, uh, than you are right now. You'll be you'll be shining a lot brighter light than you even realize. 
Um, that's the beauty of this relationship. 100%. It's filled with grace. And I feel like every time you take one step towards the Lord in this life, uh, he takes three or four back your way. You know, he's always there ready. He's always ready for a reset and not just a reset of like, oh, getting back to this mountaintop moment in your life, but a real like, hey, this is where your relationship can be now. And and we can go deeper and different than it ever was in the past. You know, it's not a reset to get back to one mountaintop moment in your life. It's reset to build deeper relationship today than you've ever had with the Lord. Um, He'll take you there pretty quickly. So um, well, and the crazy know. thing is like those mountaintop moments are great. Um, but oftentimes those mountaintop moments are built on emotion. Um, sure. and we all know how fleeting emotion is. Um, right. you'll be surprised at how much deeper relationship can feel when you learn how to do it in daily life with Jesus, rather than just living from one mountaintop experience to the next. When you remove emotion, at least from that perspective out, you'll be blown away by the, how strong your foundation feels. Um, as you walk with Christ. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, um, before we go, I think we're going to be off probably next week, taking a break for one week, and then we'll be back at it. And we're going to be talking all about freedom in Christ and freedom in the Lord. Uh, And it's going to be good. But Josh, until then, my friend, thanks for making this happen. For sure, buddy. See you. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.